Welcome to Season 2, Episode 63 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today I have with me my regular co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? Janelle Wheeler's here. Hey, guys. And getting a rare double back-to-back appearance is uh, Mr. Charlie Ridgely. What's going on? And, of course, we've been telling you for a while now we had to bring Charlie back because, uh, you know, we believe in fairness in this show, and, and we had a running bet with uh, Mr. Ridgely that he could uh, – about New Mutants and the fate of that movie. And uh, on a technicality, he may have won, but it's still a win, a W is a W. I'm a big believer in that. So he's here to take his victory lap in the form of giving you guys a full New Mutants review and kind of tell you about how this movie was and was it worth all the hype, the weight, and everything we've gone through emotionally with this movie. Plus, he's also somebody who saw Bill and Ted face the music this weekend now that it's out on On Demand, and so Charlie's also going to let us know about that. So he's holding that on our review section today. But we are also going to talk about new comic books, of course, and we got some things to put you up on, uh, something that's come to Netflix that has been around but is getting a lot more attention and well-deserved attention, in my opinion. So we are going to talk about that. Plus, we got to talk about new trailers for The Walking Dead Season 10 finale, quote-unquote, the new entry in Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Marvel's Avengers, Matt is excited about something happening there, so he, we're going to let him share his excitement with you. But up first, uh, we usually don't get too somber or serious on the show just because we're supposed to be a diversion from all of that serious stuff. We're like the anti-2020. Um, but, you know, something happened this week that really kind of touched everybody in fandom and has a lot of people mourning and... As we're recording this, we're getting ready to host a, an epic quarantine watch party tonight um, with comic book and, all, and a lot of fans. And that, of course, is the death of Chadwick Boseman, the star of Get On Up, uh, 42, Black Panther, which, of course, he is best known for. And um, yeah, so Chadwick Boseman passed away from colon cancer, which he was diagnosed with stage three back in 2016, which is the time when his career like was really just hitting the biggest phase that it ever would. Captain America Civil War came out that year where he made his debut as Prince T'Challa, the Black Panther, and he had already gained so much acclaim for playing Jackie Robinson and for playing James Brown and Get On Up, which kind of garnered awards attention, and for just being this really strong kind of character actor. And if you like, it's so interesting. We're going to talk about his career, but like, if you go back and look over the list of things he had done kind of leading up to his big screen roles, I mean, it was just, there's so many things he hit in genre TV, even from like lie to me, justified um, fringe. He was in an episode of, and all the, and all those big kind of procedurals, like cold case, things like that. Uh, it's going to be crazy where you see his face pop up in you and you, when you're rewatching some old stuff and, he was just such a massive talent and, you know, I can't understate just like how much he impacted things through Black Panther and really kind of changed the landscape of cinema and culture about offering things with, um, you know, mostly black cast, black characters and, and telling those kinds of stories, improving what kind of international draw those stories could have. And a lot of that for all of the great contributions of the director, Ryan Coogler, and that awesome ensemble cast that we had you know it all did come down to the shoulders of chadwick boseman as t'challa black panther 
which really he carried that movie on his shoulders a lot. And, um, you know, he had help from people, very talented people like Michael B. Jordan, but really, really capturing the regality and kind of nobility of T'Challa and, and kind of the deeper character strokes that Marvel Comics fans had known about for years really wasn't a guarantee in the Hollywood landscape, but it was in Chadwick Boseman's hands. You know what I mean? And he really changed things. And I can't just state enough how hard it is to kind of process his loss for a lot of people, especially young people, um, especially young people of color who just had this hero kind of emerge in the last year and, and really kind of changed their lives. And just having to explain that in my own son, we caught Black Panther when it made its TV debut a little bit ago. And, you know, he was just starting to kind of connect that. And now I have to like, kind of wonder, like, what do I do? Do I push that connection right now before I have to explain to him, like, you know, why this guy he recognizes that Black Panther doesn't show up anymore. Um, yeah. And it's just a weird time. As I alluded to in a tweet, this particular moment in time in history, it was just kind of like a double, double left hook from just everything that's going on in American society right now. And to just kind of have this happen to this iconic, you know, hero, black hero was, uh, it was pretty gut wrenching. So yeah, you know, we're here. I'm seriously about to cry. Like I'm trying so hard not to cry with that beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm trying to distract myself from what you're saying because you you covered it so beautifully (laughs) that I'm literally like my nose is turning red and I'm getting tears in my eyes. It's beautiful. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't purport to feel many things anymore, but uh, this one I did definitely <laughs> feel. And so, like, yeah, this, this, and just a loss of talent is just so painful always. And it's been a crazy year with, uh, you know, Kobe, Society, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, yeah, it, it's a pretty, pretty heavy one. But uh, as always, we're all going to be mourning Chadwick Boseman, but we're also, you know, this is a geek space, so we also celebrate things very well. Uh, we do that New Orleans style kind of uh, of morning. So we're going to be holding a ca- uh, quarantine watch party too. By the time you have heard this, it'll be it'll be over. But uh, I'm sure you've heard about it if you keep up with anything comic book related. And uh, we're going to celebrate Chadwick Boseman and, and that film and kind of what he brought. And, uh, you know, through it all, hopefully find some ways that we can carry forward in and uh, honor this man and, and what he brought to the table and everything he did for us. So. You probably brought a lot of people to tears just now. <laughs> Well, I mean, really lovely way. And it's nice because I saw that you tweeted this, like we all mourn together. And that tweet was like beautifully said. And uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I I mean, it's hard for me to remember feelings sometimes, but (laughs) there are these rare moments when I break through. And, and this is one of them. So, yeah, if you guys ever want to talk about it, you can always hit us up with the hashtag Comic Book Nation or everybody else at their tweets and stuff. And we love to hear from you and your thoughts. If you have any stories, memories, things like that. Um, yeah, so we're going to keep trudging through 2020 together because, my God, who knows? Um, anybody else? I, I kind of just took up all the air there. Anybody else have anything to share? I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing that I don't think hasn't been said. It's, it, it sucks. It's, it's gutting and... Yeah, it, it hurts. If you want to know the power of this loss, Charlie Ridgely being at a loss for words says says it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's funny, but like it's, it's also true, you know. I, I know that's why I like saying things like that. It is funny, you know, it's, but it's also true. Like uh, I've, I've never, I've never hurt or cried over a celebrity that I don't know. Like yeah. you know, but then Friday happened, and and that you know was oh, yeah. was totally different. It was very. And, I mean, it was rarely traumatizing that I was like in the middle of like putting my kids to bed, and my phone started like 
blowing up, which is weird for somebody you don't know, but it was like alarm bells were like going off on my phone and all these people at once were like trying to contact me. And I was just like, what? And I was just like stuck in my garage taking out the trash. And then I realized I'd been there for like 45 minutes, just like, oh my gosh. Standing, Cause I was just like, what? Like talking to people and just like trying to process, like, what is happening? Like, what are you talking about? Cause you know, you, you know, as they say, that old great saying, the graveyard is filled with indispensable men. And it's just like, you forget that because you think like, you know, people are protected. Oh, and we're not even covering the biggest part. I gave that great eulogy and I left out the biggest part, which is that Chadwick Boseman made this movie made this happen, this phenomenon, visited people, did humanitarian work, helped out other actors and did all of this while he was battling cancer. So the man was like a real life God superhero. So um, yeah, you might see that floating around very, Twitter, but that's not, that's not a fake or, or kind of hyperbolic statement. It's very rare that I feel like in, in someone's death like that, you, they become even more of a hero, you know, like it, yeah. it, it wasn't some accident, you know, like Kobe, it was just some unfortunate, tragic, accident it's like when Chadwick died it was shocking the same way it was shocking with Kobe but then we learned about the last four years and how he's been spending them and it's just I mean it it makes it harder and it makes you appreciate even more what you thought you couldn't appreciate anymore it's well I just look back now and I just look and see those production photos of Black Panther and I see him sitting in that suit in front of a green screen and you know, how many actors are so insecure and say like, you know, how silly they feel or whatever. And it would be so easy for me in that position to be like, man, I'm wasting my life and like, just get up and throw off the suit and be like, I gotta go do, I gotta go to Paris or I gotta do something and I gotta do more stuff. And just the level of dedication that he's just imagining in front of a green screen, imagining all these things that he wants to, has to bring to life. It's just, you know, the will and the, and the belief and the faith and the dedication. And to see it pay off makes you really appreciate that phenomenon even more because we didn't even know how. And, and to learn like. how much, I mean, when the, Ryan Coogler paid tribute to, to Chadwick in, in his writing and his words to learn just how much Chadwick did for that, that film and that role, like so much more than we think an actor, you know, typically does for something like that. Like how many decisions were really fueled by him and how many, you know, how many directions that this movie went, like how, how much he had to do with that. Um, not only because he thought it was a good idea, but because he wanted to respect that culture as, as perfectly as possible. He, he wanted to represent those people. He wanted to be that leader so much that he made sure that every decision, you know, fueled that route. It, it was, it was really, really impressive to, to learn about, how you know how he how he spent that time while battling colon cancer so mm. yeah man you know you know as we say we don't curse here usually but cancer is a real thing so that's how we all feel and we're gonna miss chadwick boseman and uh yeah the man's even more of a superhero as charlie pointed out all right so let's get it back to a lighter note because we've done the somber part and uh we are supposed to be a diversionary place and there's no better diversion than dipping back into the world of karate kid Cobra Kai is on Netflix now, and a lot of people are really discovering this thing as if it, it's a new thing, but it was a new a YouTube series that they tried to launch when they were pushing their original content, and naturally, since you had to pay for it and do that, and people were like, I'm not paying for YouTube, Cobra Kai didn't get the kind of shine that it deserved, but it built a cult following, and I had to cover this at some Comic-Cons and stuff, and you know, when I got in there and got to see it, I was like, oh, and rightly so. Like, This show is, is one of the better kind of applications of that direct sequel concept 
that you're going to find. And if you don't know like what Cobra Kai is all about, it's about the original two characters from the Karate Kid, who uh, Daniel LaRusso, who was Ralph Macchio, and Johnny Lawrence, William Zabaka, who fought in that big epic karate tournament, and Zabaka and Johnny Lawrence lost when Danny performs, you know, Mr. Miyagi's crane kick and smacks him in the face and wins the karate tournament and then starts the whole journey of the Karate Kid, right? So this series kind of picks up years later when they're all adults and it's like very real time. They're all adults now. And Johnny is just this kind of burned out loser handyman who has lived in the shadow of that failure um, from all time. While Danny is a successful family man and car dealer and all this businessman. And it's now told from Johnny's perspective for the reason why he, in the pilot episode, if you watch it, he kind of comes up with the motivation to kind of dust himself off and reopen the Cobra Kai, you know, dojo and takes on a first student who was this little Latin kid. Um, But this is just one of the, like I said, best direct sequel concepts that I've seen. And it is a funny show. And I've seen like parts of season two. Um, It's been, it had two seasons and that's kind of where I caught wind of it when I was. Oh, season season two is even better than season one. And like, I saw like the big, big action fight sequence and things like that. And some big things happen, but um, just going back now and being able to like actually watch the series and have it available. I'm glad Netflix scooped it up. It, it it's like topping the trending um, things. I think today, as of it's, today. It's, it's been, it's been number one on Netflix since Saturday. Yeah. So. And right. And like, again, rightly so like these actors and it's just great. And what makes this series is just the commitment that people like William Zapka and, and Ralph Macchio and all the other people, kind of a lot of the people who return from the original movie, um, Martin Cove, like bring to the series and how they're willing to kind of riff on real life or, or meta commentary about their careers and how things have gone and what those eighties kind of like weird testosterone action <laughs> flicks were like compared to a modern setting um, and, and our modern sensibilities. So I was relieved that they can act. I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause you know, sometimes the kid actors grow up and they've kind of lost their touch a little bit. And I was pleasantly surprised. Kofi, I asked him this morning, should I watch anything? And he goes, you know what? Go give Cobra Kai a a watch. And I cannot stop. I'm on like episode four and he texted me at like 11. (laughs) I think I I watched both seasons in like two days, three days, maybe. I love it. It's, but I also like, that is my childhood. Like we're all kind of around the same age group. So I feel like those just that hits that really. I mean, like none of us were Jaden Smith karate kids. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) I was not, I will say I was not a Jaden Smith karate kid, but I did not watch karate kid until like two or three months ago. What? Oh man. It was just, it was one of my blind spots. I just never, (laughs) it it just missed me. And I never caught it. And they were all on Netflix since I watched the first two. How have you even Um, known how to wax a car, bro? I mean, I, I know all the stuff about Karate Kid, but I just never like no, actually it. watched Karate Kid. And I finally did a couple months ago when I heard about Cobra Kai coming to Netflix. And, and then I binged through all of Cobra Kai like right in a row. And, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's all to say we could sit here and just be like freaking out about Cobra Kai over and over. But that's, that's all to say, like, give it a watch. It's on Netflix and it deserves season three. And I don't know how, if it's confirmed yet. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't it's think it's confirmed. Been. Oh, is it? Is it yeah, gone? it's confirmed for, for 2021 on Netflix. Okay, boom, good. So that's safe. You don't have to do anything. Just watch it then. 
Yeah. Exactly. We got season three in the bag already. So the pressure is I, I need you for nothing. So go back to just watching your content. <laughs> All right. Um, Cobra Kai, but check that out. Yeah. Okay. So moving right along from that, we got new trailer for the walking dead season finale and haunting of Bly Manor. Janelle, you want to take us through the walking dead trailer? I mean, yeah, I, I was actually surprised with this. Um, obviously there's like a walking dead special event coming up. Uh, it's kind of like the season finale that we never got. Um, because it was supposed to air in April. It got moved to October. I think they're doing two bonus episodes for the season or maybe even more in early next year. So they're not really finishing the season. That's what I've heard. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's totally fine. Um, They're calling it like the final showdown, but not the finale. So it's basically the Whisperer War is coming to a head. Um, We have a lot of our kind of OGs, our favorite uh, beginning cast like Melissa, aka Carol and Daryl, and uh, we don't know kind of where they're at. From what we've heard from Greg Nicotero is they will be walking through the Whisperer horde, but it's going to be really crazy because now they also have to avoid the Whisperers as well as the Walkers. They're going to be covered in guts, doing the whole like Glenn callback to the first season where he like covered himself in guts, being able to walk and maneuver around walkers and i'm really excited to see where this goes the i'm not gonna lie the teaser i feel like i haven't gotten much information from that it's just like i think it was well done it's well edited it you know we know what's coming it's we've had a long time to think about this but there's not any big reveals in this little trailer and that's okay like i'm okay with that i think it's october 4th do you guys confirm i think it's it's going to be aired on october 4th and it's going to be a huge like lead up. They're going to show a bunch of episodes prior to. Um, oh, yeah. So the Walking Dead season 10 episode uh, marathon leading up to um, the new episode. And then there's going to be a Walking Dead preview special 2020 with Chris Hardwick. And it's just going to be a lot of information for the Walking Dead fans. And I'm excited about it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Okay. There you go. I don't think you're going to have a better sell on why to uh, watch The Walking Dead than that. Okay, so big Whisper War yeah. final showdown's coming. Let's jump over to The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House was a hit for Netflix, and we're getting this, but it's going American Horror Story style within different anthologies. And this is kind of drawn from the iconic supernatural stories of Henry James, which I just obviously read off because I would never talk like that. Um, <laughs> And it's about Bly Manor and the kind of ghost stories of that location. Yeah, I just was. I love the realness there. Um, yeah, well, it just sounded it sounded ridiculous coming out of my mouth, and I really reading it. I was like trying to just describe it, and I was just like, oh. Um, and Victoria Pedretti, who who played um, I forget to her name in the first season, but she was the she was the Nell. She was the kind Nell, of the yeah. sibling who killed herself. Um, so she was only kind of had a supporting role in that, but she was also excellent in You season two. Which, yeah, oh man, that was, as love, wow. Yeah, that was, was a great so one. good. Yeah, wow. yeah, me and Matt would get down on some, on some you. But, um, so she'll be taking the kind of sense, uh, the principal role in this one. And Henry Thomas, who played her twin brother in, in Hill House, will be also. Uh, kind of Henry Thomas was her dad. Oh, was her dad, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, it's e- her e- brother. E- yeah, I, yes, I remember now. I just, I'm thinking of, what's his name, the guy? Um, Oliver Jackson. Oliver Jackson um, Cohen. Cohen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Invisible Man. Yeah. That's I get all these names kind of chewed up sometimes. <laughs> I will never forget Hill House because of you, Kofi. I mean, you know, that show came out. Oh, and everyone, yeah. everyone was talking <laughs> about it. Kofi and I used to sit 
next to each other in the office yeah uh, before we rearrange stuff and he kept telling me to watch his show and i was like i'm going to i just haven't gotten to it yet and he finally got me to watch the show and he was like have you gotten to this episode yet i'm like no and so like i told him it was on the episode and i was watching it was at my desk watching i think it was episode eight it was the one with the big the big uh um uh jump scare at the end in the car and i remember like you knowing which episode i was on and you kept like peeking around like I kept seeing you like look at me every couple of minutes to like figure see if you could figure out where I was and that jump scare happened and I was not expecting it at all because there were no jump scares in, like the whole thing to that point and I like freaked out and Cody or Kofi filmed it it was like a whole it was oh, a I whole filmed thing. several things I filmed that and I also filmed when they finally revealed the broken neck guy the broken neck that yeah. was Nell and that was uh-huh. Nell kind of and how that time loop kind of worked that was a weird and few I filmed days your face in the and your office. mind I just saw your mind break <laughs> it was awesome I have it on film somewhere. You were just like, wait, what? <laughs> Needless yeah, to say, I'm very great. excited about this new one. Yeah, and it looked even scarier. I was kind of mm-hmm. worried about how scary or not it would be because the first one also had family drama and all this stuff. But uh, this looks plenty freaky. And yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. October can't get here fast enough. I mean, Flanagan, Mike Flanagan has, has really proven himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Doctor Sleep, Director's Cut, HBO Max. I'll plug that all day if you haven't seen that. Dude, that was so criminally underrated. Doctor Sleep is so great, and Mike Flanagan's a great director. So, check how that spooky out. is this? Like from one to ten, because I'm a spooky. I don't. I'm not. I kind of well, like spooky or spooky or scary. Okay, scary. I'm I just mean, gonna be cute. Like eight. One to ten. <laughs> to be honest, it, it's like you got a podcast to do. So definite. Um, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> there, there, there. Are, it's, it's so much more about the drama of the family and the relationships in the family okay. that it's not. It's not just like scary all the time. But the scary parts are very are scary. Frightening. Um, oh gosh. Okay. Be, it, I'm gonna have to watch this alone. Because you build such a relationship with these people that. It, it really hits you in a different place. It's oh, like, oh, here's a scare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Right. And I, watch watch yeah. the first one. Okay, I'll we're do it. Your, it's my homework. Fiance's out. There's only one major jump scare in the whole season. And I've never been so caught off guard in a horror movie in my life. Oh, God. Oh, I'm man. so scared. It was wild. You'll be, it was you'll wild. Be, you'll be all good. Let's I don't that. sleep. We'll, I have to watch it like 9 o'clock in the we'll morning. track your psychological Recover the, the whole day. Watch it 9 o'clock in the morning then. Then yeah. we'll play some Fall Guys. Gonna, you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, Fall Guys. Thank we'll just, you. It'll be fine. We will trace Bye, friend. psychological you know me. impact on the podcast in real time. <laughs> but right now, we're going to take a break and pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to talk. Matt's going to get giddy about Marvel's Avengers. Plus, we got reviews of New Mutants, Bill and Ted. And we got to go over what new comic books are headed our way. So stay tuned for all of that. All right, we're back. Marvel's Avengers is about to come crashing our way this week, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so we're going to be busy. And Matt Aguilar is excited because there is a Hawkeye development that he can actually get to buy- behind after <laughs> all his initial bad-mouthing of the bull man himself. Yes. Uh, so I am excited that uh, Marvel's Avengers announced their next post-launch hero should arrive in October, and it is going to be Kate Bishop, the best Marvel archer uh, in the Marvel Universe. Thank you very much. So I'm very excited for that because I get to enjoy all the mechanics, and I don't necessarily have to play Clint Barton. Uh, now, granted, they're going to have like different movesets uh, and different gear and different costumes, so it's not, it's not just like a, a reskin or anything like that. It is a separate new characters. Her design, she looks dope. Um, so they didn't show any gameplay. It was like a cool cinematic trailer thing 
Um, they did show some glimpses of like the cutscenes because each one of these post-launch heroes will come with their own little story um, and their own little like mini arcs. And there's gonna like be a new villain that comes into the mix with uh, her content that comes later this year. So uh, there's gonna be new levels and things like that. So each one of these is gonna be like this little self-contained pod of content. Um, so she, she looked awesome, I, I was excited. Uh, oh man, I was, I'm watching it right now. I it, love her cutouts on her like side of the yes. body. Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. Yeah, let's talk costumes. Her. She, the costume looks, I thought it, it got a way, way better reaction than the Hawkeye one did. Because like, yeah. I saw everyone just bagging on the Hawkeye one, even though I didn't actually think it was that bad. Um, but everyone just bagged on it. This one got a much better response. Well, he um, didn't have that high fade of the tattoo sleeve. So yeah, he didn't. Of course we don't like it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, but no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm digging that. I was a little, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bummed that like, we're getting another hero that's so close to a hero that is has already been announced. You know, you're you're kind of looking for like a giant jump. Well, in gameplay. I don't know if you heard, but this isn't the like most tech savvy game, so they probably just got to swap <laughs> the character mods. I mean, here's here's the thing: Crystal Dynamics can do bow and arrow. The Tomb Raider games are fantastic in that regard. So she's going to play, and so is Hawkeye, for as much as a bag on him. Hawkeye's going to play probably extremely well. It's going to be really fun and sound stuff. So, I mean, look, go with what you know. Um, but, you know, um, I'm excited nonetheless. And, yeah, this is, uh, this is release week. Crazy. Marvel's Avengers and The Boys releasing the same weekend. So it's going to be kind of nuts. And, and yeah, Mulan. So I only care about two of those things. But... Um, <laughs> Wow. You don't, of all people, of Disney all people guy don't in care all this world, Mulan. I don't, don't care. About, care. I don't. Live I don't, action Lady and the Tramp, five I, out of five stars. Right. Doesn't that care about you something. That should tell you. You were something. a big fan of Doggies Do with the movie. That you you should true. tell you something. If I want to go watch Great Mulan, I'll go watch the animated film. This one doesn't look that Ooh. great. And I've been on that since the beginning. Kofi knows <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, you this. have not changed. You keep it I have not changed. Um, and I didn't think, and you were, the, weren't you the one who were like, oh, they won't release it? Straight to, I said they wouldn't put it on Disney Plus as in, they were like, really not, confident in it. They're not going to put it as like and a you free, again, you like get that asterisk thing. when I hate this Disney Plus. What <laughs> hey, is it like listen, premium? I have so many things. I watched the movie this week. And I have so I guess I can react to it. I can't give a graded score. It's great. So, you know, that's all I'll say. We'll talk about it another time. But it's great. I can't it's wait to very see good. it, man. We're leave, I, we're leave alone the Charlie and the history of the word great, <laughs> like which is another awesome. Oh God, I'm not touching that. But uh, I mean, I can't, I can't refute you. But you did win. You okay? You won about New Mutants and you won about Mulan. I don't think anybody won with Mulan because it went to Disney Plus, but for thirty dollars. So yeah. like that was premium, not something I factored pass. in. Disney Plus, yeah, that was pass, not so. factored in by anybody. So all right, all right, all right. Shut it down. We're supposed to be talking about Marvel's Avengers. That'll be uh, do it for. The, yeah, that'll be doing it for Marvel's Avengers. But real quick, in a link to what we were talking about earlier, because we were talking about like creepy, spooky stuff. Is anyone else watching The Vow on HBO yeah. oh, Max? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. that is oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, HBO Max, you say? Oh, no, no, I didn't mean to. Should I, whoa, whoa, should whoa, whoa, I whoa, whoa, say whoa, whoa, that whoa, Roku whoa. should have mute HBO out. This Max? Is for ball, this is for streaming ballers only. You can mute. We're going <laughs> to have a quick conversation. Oh, my yes, God. we'll do that before New Mutants real quick because I didn't know how much interest <laughs> was, was going to be. So, like, um, yes, I'm watching The Vow also. If you don't know what it is, it's on HBO Max. It's a documentary looking inside that whole Nexium case, which was the kind of sex cult that was being run through a self-help group. Um, that Allison Mack from Smallville was part of, Kristen Creek had been part of at one point, like all these different people in Hollywood had been part of this self-help group, which was then had a subgroup 
where they were brainwashing women, branding them and using them in a sex cult. So yeah, it's pretty revealing from one, um, two of the people who kind of, and it's kind of centered around two of the people who left the cult. One of the kind of leaders, main, like main male friends and disciples and the, his wife who was um, Anakin Skywalker's uh, or the young version of uncle Owen and, and what's her name from star Wars. And she was in the Phantom Menace, and like I said, it's just weird Hollywood faces that pop up in this thing. But um, yeah, and it's, they narrate. I'm and it's looking just forward about, to watching it on my Roku someday. And <laughs> it starts out, and it and there's there's some things that are problematic about it because the presentation I still don't get because they keep presenting Nexium like as first as like this friendly self help group thing, and then it slowly like starts to get more and more sinister. But um, that aside, like yeah, it is. It's pretty nuts to see that second and, episode. Yeah really starts to lean in towards the, the like unsettlingness of it because you really are going on this journey with this person who was sucked up in it so completely and then really started to like piece together what was really going on and it's you know i feel like i was i was hooked on the fir- after the first episode but yeah, as we end, go on it's they do it's, a good job at the end of each episode dropping the cliffhangers that says nah you don't even know how crazy this is yeah. and then like, yeah, the end of that second episode is just like, oh, God. And the scary thing about this one is it's just the level of duplicitness in it. Like, the self-help group really, I mean, they they had a real self-help group, community, things like that as a service thing with this crazy subgroup run by women, like, coercing other women with this one guy, yeah. like, David Jonesing at the top, like, and kind of having that be a subset and keeping it so secret that nobody within the community even like talked about it or, or tipped each other off and the level of mind control that you just begin to see going on mm-hmm. and like what they're doing in these self-help groups and grooming these people and picking out the ones that are, are going to be susceptible to this. It's, it's nuts, dude. Like, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big theme in 2020 about sex trafficking and, and putting a shining light on that. But I mean, this is nuts. Like, yeah, it is not a joke. The levels of crazy operations that people have been running and, and, and like, yeah, and it's, it's nuts, dude. So check that out on HBO max, if you can, and uh, take a look at that. <laughs> Don't worry, Janelle. We'll tell you all the spoilers verbally. Well, they like make an announcement when I know it's going to happen. I'm just yeah, waiting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're affiliated with comic book. I'm sure you'll, it'll, I mean, don't yeah. you have like a game system that you play with i i literally have it in my streaming station and i don't want to sit i want to like relax on my couch and watch this There's i don't want to sit at this. my computer station and have to watch all of my hbo programming you got a lot of wants for 2020 i That's mean okay you hold on to that those. hard is it on apple tv mm-hmm. yeah Okay, because one of our coworkers was complaining about it to me this morning, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you have it, but yes, all of her Roku HBO and, apps were deleted. Roku and um, Amazon don't have it. Yeah. But Apple does. Yeah. So weird. All right. Well, that's our ongoing fight with uh, HBO Max. <laughs> Next, we are going to talk about, we're going to review New Mutants and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Charlie, you got both. Uh, take it away. Let's start. Wait, with am, I, am I the only one that's seen Bill and Ted? Is it just me? Yes. Yeah. I want okay. to see it so bad. I just haven't had time yet. Which one do you do first, Kofi? Uh, let's go New Mutants first. All right. New Mutants. This is like the most frighteningly average movie, which is like the worst possible outcome for waiting all this time. Yeah. Like, that's, that's I, I wrote my review and I alluded to this being like my white whale. Like you've mentioned before, 
you know, you've been in this industry longer than I have. You mentioned Kofi talking about like, you remember when things were in production and this, this was like my one that when I, I started a comic book in late 2016 and they were like developing this movie, you know, it, it, it was being talked about, like they were working on, you know, who was going to make it do all this stuff. And then it went into production in 2017. And so really from the time that I've been in this industry, I've like, I've been talking about this movie. Um, and for a while, we're like, this is never going to come out. This is going to be a completely different movie because they're going to reshoot it. And they're like, you know, where is this going to release? It just, there were so many things about this. And it was like, I felt like Captain Ahab. Like, I'm, I'm never going to see this movie. But when I do, it's going to be great. Like, you know, it, we're, it, I'm, I'm going to see it, you know, by hook or by crook. And I'm going to figure it out when I'm going to watch it. And I did. And it's fine. Like, I almost wish it would be like a cat's level disaster. Because, like, then I at least, like, feel like I waited for something. Like, this is just, it just exists. It's not, it's not a, it's not a horrible movie. It's not some giant disaster, but it's not very good either. It's just, like, it just is. And, you know. So not worth going to the theater for. No, no, not at all. Was it worth risking your life, Charlie? If you consider it that, no. Um, You know, I was in a theater with, like, two or three other people. Um, So I, I chose my time and my screening carefully. I've been kind of like waiting, you know, if I was something I want to see, which was only that it was like, I'm going to make sure I go to the right, be flexible, go to the right time at the right theater where I'm going to be as alone as possible. Um, but no, don't go see it in a theater. The it, best I, part of this, by the way, is Charlie's tweet for his review. Oh, where I said. was amazing where he said, hope, I forget how you I phrased mean, it. I said then. something about like, everyone said this was going to like be bad or be stupid, but I remained hopeful. And then I just like had a couple spaces and it's like, Hope is stupid. Here's my review. Um, Because I just feel like I've, you know, like the whole Captain Ahab thing. Like I finally got what I was like after for so long. And it's like, well, well, Charlie, I I had an ulterior motive for bringing you on. Because this is a good lesson. As the Zen master said, if you don't know the story about the Zen master, you know, we shall see. You won. But did you really win, Charlie? <laughs> I mean, I don't care. It's out, and we get to talk about it. And there's, there's some cool things in it. Like, the last, you know, the whole point is, it's like, let me, let me back up here. The concept of New Mutants and the idea that they were going for is really, really good. It's a really great concept. You know, it's like some Breakfast Club elements, like this teen, you know, drama, but within this, like, haunted asylum horror story with x-men powers like that those are really great things and for me personally that's just like an amalgamation of all the things that i want and the the execution just was not there um most of the movie is kind of boring and and off-putting and the dialogue's not great because like they get they have to get you know they're making fun of each other and it's just they're bad insults and bad one-liners charlie heaton there's a reason you don't hear charlie heaton speak in the trailers by the way i don't know if anyone's seen anything online about this but the guy who plays who's in stranger things plays jonathan byers um, he is from Kentucky. His character Sam Cannonball is from Kentucky, Uh-oh. and he has a Southern accent. Oh, in this film, it's like an SNL when they make fun of Southern people with like Southern accents. I'm excited to be oh, it's here. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> they give Anya Taylor really Joy some that, like, That's just her natural Florida voice. Oh, oh my god, it's terrible. Hey, I didn't want to hear bad. it. That's a Tennessee. That's amazing. They, that's not anything. That's just. That's just. I don't know what that is compared to um, him. Oh God, uh, it's, it's real bad. Um, so and Aww. like the one liners, especially with Ian Taylor joy, like she's like the bully and like makes fun of the new character and uh, Danielle Moonstar and like her, she like calls her Pocahontas and like sitting bull and stuff. And it's like just really dumb one liners meant to be offensive. And it's like, well, you just sound stupid. Um, it just, 
it's not great. And then when you get to the like the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie, and they bring out a lot of the horror stuff, the kind of like the nightmares kind of get realized, and then they start doing X-Men power stuff, it looks great and it actually it goes really well. Um the Demon Bear looks awesome. Limbo looks awesome. When it becomes an X-Men movie and not some right, weird right. Breakfast Club horror and, well, and, and, thing. Well, even though, even <laughs> Amazing. The horror, even the horror I, I wonder elements, why that is. That's even nuts. the horror elements are, are done really well. Like the, the designs of the Smiley Man and, and like they're really good. Um, and we could, we, if we could have had more of that through the movie, I think it worked better. Um, and I, the funniest, most ironic thing about this is that what this movie really needed was some reshoots. Like... They they were the whole thing was they're going to do these reshoots and like redo the whole movie and you don't I don't know if that was necessary or not but like every movie has reshoots for the most part to like clean things up and get a couple better takes and it desperately needed that there were times when like the ADR you know like the voice did not feel like it was coming from like it didn't quite match up it felt weird it felt off putting it just there, it needed a lot of help just cleaning it up and once Disney bought it they weren't putting any more money into it. And yeah. Fox had planned these months-long reshoots to completely reset the whole thing. And so when they canceled those, they didn't even get, like, the regular reshoots that they actually needed. So it's just kind of a mess. And it feels rushed, which is crazy because the movie's been sitting there for <laughs> four years. Um, of all the movies to feel rushed, this should not be the one that feels rushed, but it is. But to their um, defense, like, they didn't want to have such a big buildup. Like, they didn't ask for oh, that. No, they and, were forced and, and, into right. that. No, they, they, that, that's, that's out of their control. I kind of feel bad because the expectations it, you know, just kept getting, and people were getting more and more hyped and excited about it. And they're like, oh, well, God. And it also became like, maybe this is going to be like the worst movie ever. And it wasn't that <laughs> yeah. either. You know, True. it was just like, yeah. it was fine. It was kind of, I think it was better than Dark Phoenix, you know, but it's not like, a days of the past situation where I'm like, oh man, like I'm gonna like I want to watch when this comes out on on Blu-ray or on digital, like I'll watch it again. I want to see uh, the Demon Bear stuff you know, happen again. Like I, all right, they, all right. They, they I, very I, clearly, I, yeah. Now you're just you're just kind of sputtering now, but I um, we got yeah. it perfectly. It, 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 it really it really tied into, or I can see what they were doing with X Men Apocalypse and Logan. There's a lot of connective tissue that you could tell wasn't like forced in there, but it was just it was kind of underground a little bit. Um, there's some footage Brandon and I were talking. We think that like there might have actually been some like footage that sh- was shared between Logan and this, some flashback stuff. Um, they definitely were trying to set up like a whole big Mister Sinister storyline to be like the Thanos of the X Men movies. And I mean, obviously we. Know well, now that's over, happens. and we're moving on. So, last question to answer, and this is a good segue. Is it more worthwhile to risk your life in theater for New Mutants or stay home and pay some bucks for Bill and Ted 3? I mean, I'm not going to encourage anyone to go to the movies to see New Mutants. But, I mean, obviously, Bill and Ted is, is the answer there. Bill and Ted Face the Music is, is very good. It's oh, exactly I'm so what it needs to be. Yes! Um, you know, I mean, if you're looking for, like, an Oscar-winning movie, like, this isn't that. But it, it never <laughs> tries to be. Like, it's, it's exactly what the other two Bill and Ted movies are. Um, but with modern audiences, you know, with a modern vibe and it, it works incredibly well, you know, uh, Bill and Ted are obviously very funny. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are great in those roles and we love seeing them and they're, you can tell how much fun they're having and it's really just exciting to watch them have fun. Um, their daughters, uh, in, in the film are great. Uh, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. Um, they're both exceptional in the roles. Kid Cudi's really good in the movie. Um, we get some of death who was, you know, bogus journey is my personal favorite of all of them. And so seeing him back and him getting to do his thing was really great. Um, honestly, the MVP of the whole thing 
and you guys, I know have watched stuff with this guy, but Anthony Kerrigan, you don't realize it's him in the movie, but Anthony Kerrigan steals literally every single moment he's in that movie. Um, there's this character uh, named Dennis, who is a robot that is uh, sent to destroy, to kill Bill and Ted. And you find out kind of like in the, at the end of the second act of this movie, you learn more about this robot. And this robot is played by Anthony Kerrigan, who if you don't know that name, he was Victor Zaz on Gotham and he was no, he's no-ho Hank on Barry. And if you've watched Barry, you know how funny Anthony Kerrigan really is. Um, he's, he's, he's a and player. he's got some like incredible lines that just his comedic timing is so good that it, you just, it'll have you rolling. Um, it's, it feels very much like the kind of movie you want right now in this moment. It is, it is escapist. It is goofy and silly, but in a way that never feels forced. It just, it, it's Bill and Ted and it feels like classic Bill and Ted. Uh, and if so, if you don't like Bill and Ted, maybe don't, maybe don't watch this, but I haven't met many people who don't like Bill and Ted. Um, I, I likened it a lot to the opposite of how I felt about Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, you know, like some people are like, oh, this movie, we only want it to be this. You know, everyone with Godzilla was like, we just want, we don't care about the story or the plot. We just want to see monsters fighting. But then Godzilla King of Monsters was like trying to have this big, important plot. And it just like, well, now you're just kind of ruining all the monsters fighting because the plot's not very good. This is like, we just want to have fun. And that's all we're going to try to do. We're not going to try to like get really complicated with the time travel stuff. We're just, we're just going to make jokes and we're going to laugh and we're going to, go on this adventure with these two guys who could not be sillier. Um, and it, they know 100% what they're trying to do through the whole thing. And it works really, really well. So I do encourage everyone to watch Bill and Ted, especially if you like the first two, you will not be disappointed with this one. What's the um, on demand price. So it's, it's, it's like Scoob. So it's $20 to rent, but it's $25 to buy it permanently. And okay. most new movies that you buy digitally are 20 bucks anyway. Um, so to, to, for 25 bucks that's steep but then to be able to like to just to keep it um you know i, I think it's definitely worth the purchase in in that regard um i'm, I'm excited for when the blu-ray comes out I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be some really fun like special features and gag reels and and different things in this but uh yeah it's 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 classic bill and ted hijinks and you know it's i can't i can't not recommend that to anyone you know it's it's just it's too much fun it's too much it's too enjoyable to to pass up all right so those are charlie's two reviews today Let's talk about comic books. Matt, what do we have coming our way this week? What should we be on the lookout for? Sure thing. So uh, DC, we've got Batman number 98, which I imagine we'll talk about a little bit uh, next episode, but it's the next step in Joker War. We also have Deceased Dead Planet number three, which I cannot wait for just because of that, how that last issue ended and crazy screwed up plastic man and <laughs> devouring yeah, that was, people that was pretty that's pretty much a nightmare yeah so i i'm excited for that one uh we also have uh teen titans beast boy which is the next entry in that series from the previously dc inc now just like uh young adult uh, section DC um, onyx which has been very very good and then they announced a sequel that's going to bring those two characters together uh for next year so that's exciting uh we then have lonely receiver number one a new series from aftershock we have we only find them when they're dead number one which is the new series from al ewing and simone uh the mio uh and the i have not 
read the issue yet, but the art on this book is phenomenal. <laughs> so I, I'm very excited for that. That's a new uh, series from Boone Studios. We also have Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 17, which for fans of the Buffyverse like me and Jamie, uh, you are going to want to read this one just because there is a there is a person that we have long awaited to join the series and they pop up. So you're definitely going to want to check this out. Um, we also have Spy Island number one from Dark Horse. We have Star Trek Hell's Mirror number one. My Little Pony Transformers number two in the crossover that no one knew uh, they wanted. Uh, Die number 13. Uh, we have a new series from uh, Image, which is uh, getting a lot of hype, which is Inkblot number one. We have Black Widow number one, the new uh, Black Widow series from Kelly Thompson. Uh, Empire number six, the final uh, issue in this very weird event Thank so God. i'm i imagine forgettable we have like on that. one of yes. the most mar forgettable yes poorly plotted just marvel crossover events i've ever it's seen it's been kind of bad <laughs> i mean it's, it, it's really bad, bad. um like, really i haven't read any of the books but i've read for because I, I, I read venom and fantastic crap, four yeah like, and i've read their tie-ins and it's oh just like god for, for so all bad. the tie-ins and for all the hype and for everything else this is one of the this is like by fear itself. This is in that category of Marvel event as opposed to like. But at least that has several invasion. different, like, fun, yeah. distinct characters. This has like a bait and switch with the plant people who are the least interesting Mar Marvel, like, antagonists I've ever seen. I don't, it reminds me of, like, of Axis a lot. I, I like, mean, I don't even remember or care about the swordsman history with Mantis. <laughs> yeah, that ended up being Celestial, a, yeah, no. Madonna. Like, all that stuff is just like, get out of here. Like, F-O-H with that. Like, come uh, on, man. Honestly, like, Age of Conchu uh, has been a better event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as opposed every, to like Every this. other event in Marvel right now, the only thing that people who knew how to have fun with this Empire crap was the X-Men. That were the was only fun. people who knew how to at least have fun with it that was because fun, the x-men like fighting the crotati on genosha <laughs> with a bunch I of mutant those. zombies who have their own gripes and problems with the world and scarlet and what's Witch the name of the, the... Hort horticulture yes oh my lady God. group and getting in the middle and just the dialogue in the fight scenes with horticulture versus the x-men versus <laughs> dead mutant zombies versus the plant people like it, it, that stuff was just so ridiculous that it was fun. If you want to read um, good magic, yeah, you read that yeah, series. Yeah, and magic kind of great. becoming a badass and that yeah. and slaughtering people, things and like just yeah, that was at least fun. X Men yeah. knew how to have fun with that. Like the rest of Marvel, it's been it's been disappointing to say the least. And uh, like the also... main series are probably like one of the most like just fractured. Like oh yeah, half-cocked main books I've ever read. There's like no plot to the main ones. I'm like, it's it's been a weird reversal because typically that's what tie-ins are. But yeah. you know, for for this series, it just feels like they're drawing from A to B, and then oh well, go read the actual story because like Captain yeah. Marvel's been good because again they've taken a very small slice and like had fun with it. Uh, there was another tie-in series, and I'm blanking on which one it was, but there was, another, there was one other one that was actually, like, pretty fun and interesting. But, again, it's because they took a little slice and ran with it as opposed to just this it, – it's just messy. Uh, so it's ending. So, yay, <laughs> it's ending. Uh, that's, that's good news. Uh, we also have Rounding Out Things Wolverine number 5. Uh, and uh, for the game fans out there, Titan Books has Horizon Zero Dawn number 2. So that is comics. I'm starting House of M tomorrow. 
Yay. In the good event category. I had to finish <gasps> yeah, Harry nice. Potter book five, which was not easy to get through for me. And now I'm starting my comic book. I'm back on my comic book grind. So I'm excited. Is that Half-Blood Prince? Is that, what's five? No. no. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. It's the one where Sirius Phoenix. goes bye-bye, okay. Dolores Umbridge and all that. Yeah, Don't Phoenix. Spoil for people. I yeah, mean, Phoenix, I, is where I, Phoenix is where I stopped caring because Sirius goes. And Sirius is the best character in Harry Potter. Sirius Snape's really my favorite, character. so... Snape is also really good. Yeah. Serious and Lupin. I wish Lupin, Lupin had like a whole had, thing. You are so right on that. Okay, right. anyways. It's not Put Harry Potter discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Any more comics? <laughs> no, that's it. That's been All right. Yeah. Now we're getting out of here. That'll do it for this episode of uh, Comic Book Nation. Thank you for tuning in. We drop new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can listen to the show or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, which apparently a lot of you are doing these days. So we are on Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to watch the show, we post episodes live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday. Or you can tell an Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation Podcast, and it'll get it playing for you. If you want to discuss with us, share anything, especially about the Chadwick Boseman stuff, or just say what's up, you can always find us around the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler and on Twitch, same name. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. I uh, forget if we ever say anything. Oh, yes, T-shirts. If you want a T-shirt like the one I am wearing, if you can see me, we have a whole closet of them at the studio. I'm beginning to forget because we haven't been back <laughs> in so long, but we need to get rid of that merch. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're going to read them all off. Like, let's just not mince words anymore. Once we have a chance, we're just going to start thanking people, even if we don't read your review. We'll shout you out, thank you, and get a t-shirt sent your way. So leave those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We hope you guys are still trudging through 2020. Keep your heads up. Come and hang out with us whenever you can. We'd love to talk with you. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.